2: It's
3: the second time it's
0: done gone on. They never go home, they
3: never go home, they never go home, those those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and
4: famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade of the world outside of that.
2: That's why sport's important.
5: Welcome to your weekly world service taster. Hey Murph. Hey On. how's it going? Almost two weeks into the new year and we finally, it's going well Murph because we finally got to do one of these
6: excuse me for interrupting you john i would hate to do this he didn't turn up for the first match but hang on, he, hang
4: on, on a, a minute really? did he get to did the euros did he get to the euros ken because he was doing a gig for the bbc's holiday program it's the best thing in the world for you because it's full of protein I
5: looks around. There's Jerry
6: Duff. got, why are we giving him the job then but hang on sorry okay sorry john
3: you got to the
6: euros do
5: you huh? think
4: you're going to get to the Euros? The Stephen kenny ken
5: but the first Irish managerial update of 2024 was delivered not by you, Murph, our usual Irish managerial correspondent. You're happy to hand over the reins? Yeah, thanks for a week off (laughs) on. It was our friend Oluwashina Okaleje of all people, the BBC's Oluwashina Okaleje, who was on yesterday to talk about the Africa Cup of Nations. It kicks off on Saturday in Ivory Coast. Chris Houghton was one of the characters we talked about, managing Ghana in the tournament. But he is one of the names, of course, in the frame for the Republic of Ireland job. Things have been up and down for him in in his role with Ghana so far. Uh, Some... Some Ghana supporters, not really big fans of the work he's been doing thus far. But Oluwashina sticks up for him big time in the World Service. I feel Oluwashina thinks Ghana supporters have certain notions, Murph. And Hutton might be a victim of those unrealistic expectations at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) That was the impression we were given on. Even the dogs in the street have an opinion in Ghana, I think might have been one of his lines. Anyway, we also talked about the biggest name playing in the tournament. That's Mo Salah, who eh, I'm surprised to hear needs to do a little more to really win the hearts of the Egyptian people.
6: For all his success in European football with Liverpool, uh, Mohamed Salah hasn't really, um, in the words of a lot of people, liked up the AFCON, um, not because he's not good enough, but Egypt solely have dependent on his power, his prowess, and, of course, his achievement to want to navigate um, an eighth continental title. In 2017, Salah played in the final. He was just coming up. Um, he couldn't do much to stop Cameroon. And uh, the last tournament went to the wilds i mean penalties um it could be everyone's game he didn't get to kick his own penalty salah um couldn't and then yeah. uh, Mane, his teammate at liverpool back then um clinched the african cup of nations so um for a lot of people time is running out for salah if he wants to win enough Af- um an african cup of nations to be among the greats in egypt ahmed hassan won four titles. osama Hassan won. um Mohammed barakat um abu Trekar. these are massive names in egyptian football um Mohamed Salah is now regarded as one of um, the biggest players in Egyptian football until he wins an African. So that's pressure. And of course, um, this tournament is the big one for him to win. But it's not just the man in focus. You know, we still have um, Mane. He may not be playing in Europe, but he still um, wants to leave the Indo- um, this Terenga Lions. We have um, Vincent Abubakar who is popular in European football with FC Porto. Um, he was a starman for Cameroon at the last World Cup. There's of course Victor Simen, the current African footballer of the year. Nigeria haven't gone into a tournament with an African footballer of the year lighting up or with so much expectations. So it's probably going mm-hmm. to be one for the stars too, but mm-hmm. that is the um, hallmark of the Afghan.
2: I am a I'm surprised by what you just said about uh, Salah. Oshin. He's not regarded as one of the biggest Egyptian players, he, even though okay, I I know that Egypt hasn't hasn't won a trophy since he's been in the national team, but surely he's had the the, the greatest club career of any Egyptian player?
6: Um, people would disagree with you. Um, there are players who are highly decorated in Egyptian football who've won more titles in terms of global game. Um, you know, we're talking about the big names like um, like uh, Mohammed Abu, uh, Abutreka, like I said, We've got, uh, Mohammed uh, Barakat. Um, in Egypt, it's a different ballgame altogether. Um, you know, the big teams are Alali and Zamalek. And um, amongst them, they won massive, especially al Ahly. they are the most decorated African side. You might say, oh, but this is Europe. African standard is not compared to European standards. Everyone with their own preference. In Egyptian football, um, until you 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 win for the country, <laughs> you can win all you want in Europe, um, you know, but as long as you don't have an African title to your name. It's respected, yes. It's been named uh, multiple African player of the year um but that's not enough in in egypt for egypt um the african cup of nations the african champions league these are the things that actually um, define your um you know your success this is what defines you to be a legend or not and in the words of a lot of people until he wins an african title, <laughs> Mohamed salah will not be named He won't be named among the illustrious sons of The (laughs) Faroes, like I said, Ahmed Hassan's got four titles. It doesn't happen all the time. He won in 98. He won back-to-back three titles in 2006 on Omsoil, 2008 in Ghana and 2010 in Angola. So that for me and that for a lot of people in Egypt is what they consider to be the greatest.
5: So Mo Salah needs to win a major tournament to fully cement his status in his own country. But there's no doubt about the impact he's had at Liverpool. The same can't really be said for Darwin Nunes I mean there's no doubt he has had a big impact mm. at Liverpool but debate rages on about whether that's a, a positive he makes an impact every second he's on the pitch he's amazing yes. to watch
4: he's is impacting he good? people constantly is he good is though been, that is the question this is the question yes. we've been
5: asking all of 2024 so far it's a debate that plumbed new depths on the World Service this week as Ken forced me to watch a load of Darwin Nunes misses live on air
2: actually the Darwin debate has almost taken on some of the properties of like the the general info war yeah you know it's yeah, kind what of what even
4: it's is good and bad <laughs>
2: <you know? laughs> like there was one there was a thing I, fill I was, the zone with shit <laughs> 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 that's um,
4: basically what we're talking about here we're, uh, leave from the Steve Badden playbook
2: there was, there was one video I saw uh, last night, um, which was was from the uh, well-followed uh, Liverpool account at Clubholic, uh, who, you know, it's, there's a lot of these types of accounts. But, uh, but uh, at Clubholic this was doesn't
4: like mean This doesn't mean you're out anyway, can I just say? What? It's the words that you just said there, it's fine. What, what are you talking at about? At Clubholic. Anyway, fine. At Listen, Clubholic. It's fine.
2: Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you think uh, I should be sitting here quoting Matthew Arnold. I mean this is it's twenty twenty four. Right? At yeah, Clubholic. You know. Look, I'm just telling you. Get on it. I put up a video. will do it out there. Just get on it. Um, it may have been the work of uh, 91 Chief, uh, who's... Who, that's the watermark I can see in this video. I don't know where the video okay. comes from. But the point is, right, it's a video of Darwin Nunez playing football this season. Four minutes and 34 seconds of action, right? And there's yeah. some phenomenal action in this. Um, and the comment that Club Public's at Club has is, all I'm saying is, watch this BCM comp. Look past the numbers... BCM comp I don't know what that means
4: Comp is probably Compilation Yeah BCM Um, No No no, it's not there I'm gonna I'm gonna check it You keep talking Business
2: continuity manager (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that Bank cubic meter Uh, BCM internet Body control module BCM Um, Slang Internet slang Bad career move No Uh, Okay look I don't know, but the point is, watch. Okay, it, it's not actually. I don't think that word is important. All I'm saying is, watch this PCM comp. Look past the numbers for a sec and focus on his runs and positioning. It's elite, right? Elite is a yeah. word that we use now uh, in this context a lot. And so it's a picture of it's or it's a it's a video of Darwin playing football. And and what it is is a is a video of Darwin not scoring, mm. but. Uh, getting into position to score and being denied. Sometimes he misses. Remember the one at Luton? So registering expected goals. We're seeing it in this video. There are expected goals here. Not every chance is a high XG chance. But uh, there, uh, each each one of these, it's like a, a series of, I mean, there's four and a half minutes of like, you know, a, a six or seven second sequences of Darwin Nunez running in a goal or arriving in the end of a, a, you know, heading heading across or, you know, arriving at the end of a move. And and I'm watching it, you know. And, and of course, I'm ba- I'm basically an obedient person, mm. you know. If I'm an, I'm a kind of a I'm kind of a credulous, kind of a gullible person in in a way. Like I, if I read something, I tend to take it not if not necessarily at face value, at least to take it seriously. Yeah, you know.
4: I mean, I, listen I to believe- that, I mean, I listen to that "Rest Is History" podcast about JFK, and yeah. just immediately presumed it's a lone gunman. And now, fifty emailers have been in touch to say that I'm. <laughs> An idiot. Well, I mean, I don't and know. I no, I'm just flip flopping wildly from I, one to
5: the other. I don't I mean, know how you
2: can think he, he'd, he'd pull off that by himself. When
5: well, I listened to that podcast on your recommendation, Murph, I did feel they were just a little bit too quick. They were. Uh, they and, were too condes- too quick.
4: and too condescending in rubbishing all in the, the conspiracy theories. I immediately agreed with you. Yeah. What are they hiding? So it's too late. Yeah. So you reckon Tom Holland's in on it as well?
2: Mm.
4: Tom Holland's in. To, they got to him. He wasn't born until 15 years after the event, but still, they got to him.
2: Yeah. Well, you know. Tom Holland was in you know I'm a friend of Tom Holland's he was in here of course yeah of course did you not know that
4: no I mean of course I when someone like Tom Holland actually, when like Tom Holland walks into the office of course that's something I'm going you to weren't remember there,
2: you weren't there though because he came in in the evening one time and It was in our old office you, were, you had obviously knocked off for the day it was yeah. just me waiting for Tom me and Tom 31st Holland 31st
5: of October 2019 Tom a, Holland 31st it. of October Halloween
2: yeah wow we had a bloody good chat about Christianity <laughs> we did <laughs> We did, it was good. It was good. His, book is, his book is interesting, you know. Okay. Um, where were we?
4: You were saying that you were a naive fool. Yeah, I,
2: I, I, I am a person who kind of, I'm, like, I'm not exactly saying that, like, I believe whatever the last thing said to me is. Yeah. But I'm a little bit like that. Like, I'm not a natural... Skeptic? Rebel, let's say. You know, I'm just a sort of, oh, yeah, okay, follow the instructions. And so I was following the instructions. Uh, I, I'll remind you, Klopp says all I'm saying is watch this BCM comp look past the numbers for a sec and focus on his runs and positions. best clips it's montage elite. it must be
5: BCM best unbelievable. clips unbelievable. montage unbelievable unbelievable I haven't, exa- I haven't that's, looked that up but it, can only be
2: it, well. I wouldn't say it is actually, Owen, because what? if you watch, if you Fuck watch you, this, Ken. well, here, why I only say that why once a year? This? But this is my moment. Owen, why, do, why don't you wh- you burned that bridge early? Owen, why don't you do this? We can we can actually we can do it live. Yeah. What am I doing? Can, okay, you okay? Turn look, down the volume, though. the volume's up. Yep. All, the instructions are all. I'm saying is watch this BCM comp. Look past the numbers for a second. Focus on his runs and position. Yeah, it's it's four a and a half lead. minutes. I don't know. If yeah, we don't have to watch the whole thing on. But all I'm saying is watch watch some of it and tell me and and describe to me as you watch it what you're what your thoughts are okay he's gotten in the central position
5: there and he's hit a shot against the goalkeeper he's now harrying a Newcastle defender oh yeah he's gotten on the ball he's threw on goal and wax it straight at the goalkeeper okay now he's running okay just a sharp there it's chipped over the top by Diaz, Diaz I believe Sam. oh that's the one where Salah against Newcastle knees it over to or volleys over to him and he knees it against the goalkeeper are these all Newcastle here chances here is again this is another Newcastle chance takes it down that's a great effort to be fair and well saved by the goalkeeper at a tough angle. This one is the header that
2: goes just wide against Newcastle. All in the same game. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. watching Darwin miss a lot of chances. Yeah, Owen. That's the thing about it, right? That's the thing. You're having the same thought that I started to have. Mm-hmm. Go on, keep going on. I
5: mean, so far I was expecting more assists or more, you know, off the ball runs, but it's mostly on the ball runs where he's just taking shots. Here's one against Fulham. The defender kind of got in the way. That hits a crossbar. Yeah. Again a miss. Probably a look of forlorn. Yeah, another forlorn shot of him having missed a chance. Okay, here's he's the fly taking. Not making. He does make good runs off the ball it is true well that's uh, what you've been told to look out yeah, to for uh, that could
2: be it yeah there he is lying on the ground there having you're focusing on the runs when
4: you know where is he
2: I, don't I hate see him to be gush about this Here he is. I'm, I'm just focusing on oh, all of the there he is,
5: goals there. He well, that's he just a poor shot he just steps back gets the ball hits it against the defender goes wide looks
2: forlorn again yeah, now here we go. Here's another chance. Um, he's, uh, the ball's coming across to the back post. Oh, this is a good chance.
5: Oh! <laughs> Again, he's, he's good at spinning off defenders and going five yards backwards. Can That's we, a good save. That's I, a good save. I think we've got the Yeah, I know. This here. is Relax. about
2: two minutes in yeah. here. Yeah. No, oh, you see, so, so, so I'm saying that I started watching this and obediently paying attention to the runs yeah. and positioning. But after a while, all I was noticing was that he hasn't scored a single one of these. Yeah. That last one just went right over his head. He didn't even make contact. You start to think, how has he managed to, to have this many chances and not score any of these chances That in this video? It, it's it, it's like a video which is kind of a, presented as a sort of a propaganda yeah. coup for Darwin <laughs> that I've never seen. And I would say would 90 a, seconds
4: so. of good runs and, you know, sprinkled with a few misses, but four and a half. If you presented
5: that differently, right, and yeah. if you t- showed me that video and asked me to say, was that from a Darwin supporter? Or a Darwin skeptic. I would have said a Darwin skeptic. I would have said somebody is yes. showing me all these chances that he's throwing away. Yeah. And he's yeah, in oh
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, but but, but you see, that's where Klopp Holick is one step ahead I'm of me. I'm kind of addicted
5: going. here. Just what you're talking, can you just run that through on mute there? Because <laughs> it's just, just, just the last the couple of minutes. <laughs> it's, it's it's he's so minutes.
2: watchable. He's so watchable. Oh, yeah. He's and I mean, He's point. great. He's,
4: you've crested to the top of the hill and now it's just the forlorn Darwin shots after. Yeah,
2: but look, I don't know how to explain the Darwin situation, said Jurgen Klopp. Um, I'm so happy about our crowd and the way they take it I'm also so happy about Darwin's reaction and how he takes it you cannot be more unlucky than he was in this finishing situation
5: <laughs> it is just not possible BCM Murph oh, people so many people got in touch afterwards um, and I'm sure people listening to that right now are like lads BCM get it big. just get your
4: shit together everyone Big
5: chances missed. I don't yes, know how confident. Obviously, obviously. How confidently like, I on. came out with Best Clips montage. That's what it's gotta be. Best and you and you, you back me up, Murph. I'm dragging you into this. I mean, yeah, that sounds like yeah. it's plausible. Best clips montage. No. Big the clip of all the big chances he was missing. Entitled BCM, that's <laughs> big chances. <laughs> oh, anyway, we got there. Ken, speaking <sighs> to you on Tuesday now. This is a nice long clip of play. A good bit of this because it was very interesting. Ken speaking to Murph about the complicated legacy. Is it that complicated in Germany though? Anyway, you'll find out during this chat of the late Franz Teflon Beckenbauer.
2: Undoubtedly the biggest star ever in German football. You know, from the pretty much the first time he stepped on a pitch as a professional player until you know he finally left Bayern or you know fin- finished up with the ban from football. Sure, ban from football. Although the ban was later re- later rescinded mm. by the FIFA executive committee, which he was he was a part of. But you know, hey, uh, it was it was difficult to do business in FIFA those days without doing the kind of stuff that would ultimately get you banned from football, and yeah. that was just the nature of the FIFA beast.
4: Omelet making, egg breaking, you know
2: bribe accepting and bribe giving. These these are things. But, the, but you know, I'm t- I'm talking about this now, but the story of Beckenbauer kind of shows that nobody cares about that, really. Mm. What Franz Beckenbauer teaches us is if you want to kind of commit financial chicanery, whether it be taxes or mm. bribes, you better leave people with an image of beauty that they can remember that will completely... Obliterate all that mm. in their imaginations whenever they think of you, Michel Platini. In this scenario, well, Michel Platini his his fateful error was to defeat Franz Beckenbauer in the race for race to become UEFA president in two thousand and six, two thousand and five. Beckenbauer was the other kind of leading candidate who was tipped at that time. I think it was Leonard Johansson was the guy, uh, and Beckenbauer was like, I, I fancy being UEFA president. That's that's a that's got a, you know. Kaiser. Like a got Kaiser written all over it, yeah, that yeah. job. Um, but unfortunately, his campaign sank without trace uh, as the, the little nations of Europe raged at his comments about how they should all basically be, be thrown into a second class uh, compartment <laughs> and, and made to play, play each other off before they got to play against the big boys. You're Germanies.
4: Mm. etc uh, <laughs> Germany uh, uh, other countries I suppose whereas
2: Patini was going around to you know Albania and, and uh, Estonia wherever sort of frozen in the world I, you know I never feel so at home as I do here in Vilnius mm. you know uh, it was uh, and, and so he he swept to victory and it mm-hmm. turned out uh, he might have been better off losing that one to France, mm. but I mean, we're getting away from from what the what this guy was all about, which is being a, a player. With okay, so Eduardo Galliano, the Uruguayan uh, writer who wrote this like poetic book about football, um, soccer, in sun and shadow. The first time he mentions Beckenbauer in this uh, is from the World Cup. Um, semi-final in 1966 when he scored two goals I think. Uh, He scored certainly one very memorable goal uh, from outside the box in that game which Galliano says uh, I mean he describes the goal Um, Uwe Saylor launched the attack along with Franz Beckenbauer, the two of them like Sancho Panza and Don Quixote, of course, I mean this is Galliano Um, the ball fired by an invisible trigger back and forth, yours and mine once the entire Swiss defence was left useless as a deaf ear Beckenbauer faced the goalkeeper, Elsner, who left it. This is not the semi-final, of course, semi semifinal of the Soviet Union, so I've already made a mistake. This is an earlier game against gotcha. Switzerland. Beckenbauer faced the goalkeeper, Elsner. He leaped to his left. Beckenbauer pivoted at full tilt, shot to the opposite side, and in it went. Beckenbauer was 20, and that was his first goal in the World Cup. After that, he took part in four more as player manager and never finished below third place. Twice, he raised the remake Cup playing in 74, managing in 90, booking the trend towards a soccer of sheer panzer-style strength. I mean... Yeah, he proved that elegance can be more powerful than a tank and delicacy more penetrating than a howitzer. See, this is an example of the kind of image problem German football had mm. in... you know, It wasn't just German football, necessarily.
4: 1966, you know, it's only 21 years.
2: You know they had they had you know won a World Cup already, of course. Uh, by, by this time as uh, West Germany, but you know this was there was certain people sort of used words like Panzer, Howitzer. You know uh, the Emperor of the midfield, known as the Kaiser, was born in a working class section of Munich, but he commanded both attack and defense with nobility. In the back, nothing escaped him. Not one ball. Not a fly. Not a mosquito could get through. And when he crossed the field, he was like fire. Um... He describes Beckenbauer as having uh, already playing as though with hat gloves and cane.
4: Like uh, Alan Hansen. Well Get no. Cigars out.
2: No, like like uh, like the capitalist in Monopoly. Like uh, you know it's it's <laughs> uh, like hat gloves and cane is a sort of I mean it's 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 an image with a certain you know, mm. this, this guy, he may have been born in the working class district of Giesing, but, you know, he'd come a long way. And he was kind of incarnating a certain type of uh, arrogant elitist, you know, this guy thinks he's better than us. And the annoying thing about him is that he is better than <laughs> us. He really is better. Uh, so if you look at this, um, you know, oftentimes when you look at footage of old football, it has that sort of, you know, the the pre-silver over 75s. Um, yeah, <laughs> feeling, uh, but he's. I mean, what what you notice when you look at him? I mean, he's a player who who plays I mean, some posture the entire, on the field. Yeah, it's, posture. Yeah, he's he's he's, uh, he's standing straight. He's looking around. He's not he's not looking at the ball. He's kind of dabbing the ball with the outside of his foot all the time. Mm. This is like uh, he's kind of he seems to go around just tapping it with the outside of his foot, which is um, you know not a thing which is encouraged now. Uh, these academy players. Mm. You know, they're, they're all... They all look the same. This guy doesn't... Who are they trying
4: to impress with their uh, weaker foot uh, capabilities?
2: Yeah, and, 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 you know, kicking the ball the outside, was, okay, you know, he's, you see Luka Modric and so on doing this type of thing. But he was he was in that kind of a, a style. And he didn't look like anyone else at, at the time when he was playing either. And the thing that stands out when you look at old footage of him is the acceleration. You know, like uh, this ability... S- similar actually to Cruyff, uh, a player of, you know, of the same era pretty much, um, the way that he could just very easily, because he's, he's moving almost all the time he's walking, then to suddenly just speed up and ease past the marker um, you know, with the ball under control, uh, which nobody was doing. Mm-hmm. I mean in, in this you know n- n- nobody really does it now i mean who do you who can you think of who's playing as a central defender who regularly dribbles past people into midfield um well, this is the kind of thing that he would he would do i mean you said the Kaiser in nineteen sixty six he wasn't already the Kaiser by then uh this was a couple of years after that um he uh had become i see raphael Hornstein has in his in his piece about him today mentions the story which is supposedly the genesis of that name, which is that uh, in a cup final against Schalke in uh, 68 I think, I'm not sure which year uh, that he fouled he fouled someone the crowd were like "Ah," going mad at him, so he then, his next move um, took the ball into their half and juggled it for a while mm. just to, while the screams and uh, rage uh, <laughs> built up and people were like what can we call someone who would do something like this yeah, yeah. Um, although there was also a photo of him next to the the Kaiser um, a bust of the Kaiser Kaiser Franz Josef of Austria not Kaiser Wilhelm mm. it was the Austrian Kaiser and they were like oh which one of these is the Ka-, you know uh, Der Kaiser with Franz Emperor Franz yeah, Josef yeah. you know this type of thing um so he was in like the team of the season in, in Germany every year from 1966 which is pretty much when he'd started uh I mean he turned 21 in 1966 until 1977 when he left. Um and in this time won the European Cup three times. Rob Leeds United in the final of course. Yeah. Uh, gave away a blatant penalty not, not given, given not awarded uh by the ref uh, because at the end of the day he was the Kaiser and the other guy was only Alan Clark. Sniffer, Sniffer Clark,
4: Sniffer, or the Kaiser. The you know, Kaiser. You know who? You know who? The like the powerful <laughs> football elites are going to sign with there.
2: He, he stood up. He, he raised his hands in his elegant way. He, he looked at the ref and mm. said, "You know, would I lie to you? Do you think I?" And the ref said, "I can't give a penalty against you," and sent Leeds United home with no European Cup. Uh,
4: there was a great story told by the referee of the 1974 World Cup uh, Jack Taylor the English guy yeah Yeah, the English guy on uh, Phoenix from the Flames oh yeah where uh, they're recreating it Uh, obviously uh, the Netherlands get a penalty without uh, uh, referee touching the ball ball. Uh, so they go over Franz Beckenbauer walks over uh, talks to the referee for a second the referee says you know it's a penalty and he goes ach you are an Englishman (laughs) (laughs) Which I, you know, just came to mind there.
2: Well, you know, what I mean, he it's, was. I mean, it's factual. Was, you know, yeah. you can't book me for that. No, absolutely um, bloody not. But uh, you know, so for Germany, they lost the final in '66. They, they, and then one of the great images of his career. As obviously, you mentioned the, the broken collarbone or disc, disc dislocated controller. shoulder.
4: His posture was amazing with a dislocated shoulder, which I'm going to say is pretty much impossible to do.
2: To play like that, I mean, that's heroism. Yeah. You know, it's just a, this, this, the elegant figure of Beckenbauer with his arm, his little arm uh, strapped up. Yeah. You know, the pain etched on his handsome features. You know?
4: It is kind of uh, myth-making. That's that's yeah.
2: that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, what's what's like some Some taxes he forgot to pay. Compared to that, come on, yeah, come on. (laughs) You know, they play uh, in their home World Cup in 1974 against the Netherlands, and this is like the ultimate uh, hare and tortoise story. You know, the the 1974 final, which is kind of just the, you know, you have to you have to build a narrative. Actually, Germany were also a pretty sexy team at that time. Mm. I mean, they they had won the European Championships in 1972. And they had uh, thrashed England in the quarterfinal. The quarter, the European Championships used to be just uh, a kind of a finals and final. in in, in that mm. year, it was in Belgium. But previously, they were you were sort of playing off against teams. So they so Germany went to Wembley uh, and absolutely thrashed England um, with the keep saying this was football from the year 2000 because they were playing. You know, basically, the English didn't mark uh, Gunter Netzer, who. Um, he just sort of ran around like a superhero, mm. and everybody's like, "My God, <laughs> my,
4: my God!" Tell that man <laughs> to get into position. <laughs> we can't have this man wandering around nilly willy nilly
2: with his haircut as well, Netzer's haircut. Yeah. You know, just what does what does he mean by this? Uh, Netzer actually wasn't playing in the seventy four final because he was. Um, there was another player, Wolfgang Overat, who was it was one of these situations like these guys can't play together. So they picked the kind of more conservative, hard work harder working guy. Um but uh, but the Germany team was was a good team. It's just like you have to have a narrative. You have the, you had know, the beautiful Holland against the remorseless clanking Panzer mm. in yeah. Germany, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and obviously the, the, that's that's how it played out. You know the the Dutch they were celebrating, they were gambling free, you know, um, sort of uh, free love, free spirits, and then along came the stormtroopers of Germany to you know mm. to destroy them. Uh, it, you know, that's that's what's gone down as, the, as a narrative. But Beckenbauer is, was at least a kind of a, a you know, a counterbalancing figure. Like, see, we also have a beautiful guy, although he wasn't like, uh, you know, Cruyff or even someone like Netzer, or, you know, in, in Germany, who obviously had kind of been ex- excluded from the winning team, um, are kind of seen as anti-establishment figures, uh, you know, or... or um, Croy, in particular, it's like, no, you know, let's revolutionize all this. This is all, let's, mm. we can do better. You know, we've got new ideas. We can change everything. Beckenbauer's total establishment figure, like an establishment golden boy, you know, like, uh, he's from day one, everyone's wanted to be in picture with him. All of the politicians, all of the important businessmen, yeah. they're queuing up to like give him money into his account in Switzerland, you know, it's just, and he's, and he's loving it. Like, and he's called the Kaiser, and it's the only, you know, you can say Kaiser in connection with Beckenbauer, and it's, it's okay. Uh, and obviously they're really successful in the field. And he'd become kind of the the ultimate uh, uh, sporting celebrity in Germany. Yeah. Although also, and, and, you know, was kind of cozied up to the the CSU, which is like, you know, the the CDU in Bavaria. The, um, you know, right, the, the standard party of government in Germany. Whereas, you know, a lot of the other players of that time were like, oh, no, you know, this is, the CDU are kind of boring. Yeah. You know, that's not that's not what we're
4: about. Yeah, but, I mean, Beckenbauer did, I mean, I think he was born like two or three weeks after the end of World War Two or something. A couple of months after. A couple yeah. of months, maybe, yeah. Um, but he did live through like a pretty outrageous, uh, you know, period in German history. You know, yeah. like the, the country is divided. He wins a World Cup with West Germany. As I say, he then m- manages in 1990, uh, you know, the Berlin Wall had fallen, whatever it was, seven months beforehand. I mean, it is, you know, and so his standing in, in Germany, uh, tax issues uh, actually completely forgotten. Well, he he to, I mean,
2: he had to leave. He, you know, the tax police raided his house. They turned up with a search warrant. It's like, Franz, I'm sorry, but like your tax situation is out of control and now mm. we're searching your house. And the house of your agent and he's like oh, I was just about to have breakfast <laughs> and 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 you know shortly after that he went to the New York Cosmos he's like okay mm. right. but like also you know he couldn't there was a lot of stuff going on like he was uh, he, he was kind of the biggest celebrity in Germany and kind of a figure of interest for the press but also like Someone who was talking to the press all the time and creating, mm. you know, you know, he, he could never shut up. Like when people were coming out, France, what do you think about this? He's like, well, what I think, <laughs> uh, and that, you know, went to went to New York. Actually, I mean, he's only thirty two, thirty one, maybe when he went there, and was very successful there and had a great time. And later was saying, this is the, this was actually the best, the most enjoyable part of my life, being in America for mm. four years and playing with Pele, and you know. All this kind of, uh, without this sort of pressure of being, um, you know, the most famous, the the most famous um, uh, sportsman certainly in the country. I mean, this is a guy who he he was, uh, you know, before he he had become a really famous player. He he was initially famous for a scandal by which he had um, got his girlfriend pregnant, but was like, I'm not marrying her. And this is this is like Catholic Bavaria, where that would that would have been like this is. But you know this yeah. is extremely unsporting and gra- ungracious mm-hmm. behavior from you but he was so good at football that people kind of were like well you know he's just a bit different from the rest of us and so he managed to be kind of a darling of a conservative establishment while simultaneously uh getting married three times um uh, you know having children every wedlock which you know a lot of people didn't didn't um, consider it to be good, uh, and cheating on his taxes, which, again, you know, people were like, well, do we really want to send money to the government of Berlin? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it was all, uh, he, was, he was forgiven, he was yeah. forgiven everything just because he was so, so stylish.
0: Ready to pop the question.
2: I mean, I'm not going to say I don't drink.
4: Well, you're a very fast runner, and you're a very fast drinker. Don't breathe, just drink. That's that's the early rule, as it's done.
2: I mean, I'm not going to say I don't drink.
4: I mean, he was trying to set up a second captain's beer jug mod.
2: Yeah, I drink.
5: We did an Irish managerial update of sorts this week. We also talk about another Irish national coach. (laughs)
4: We
2: are taking them boys to the Hurt Arena. I thought it stinked.
5: Andy Farrell's sabbatical from the Ireland Jobs take up the Lions gig is discussed in Thursday's podcast. Friday's podcast, I should say. Murph, not happy about it. That's all you need to know. <sighs> we let Murph loose
4: on that particular topic. <laughs> yeah. The results I mean, are spectacular. Do we need this on eight months off to manage. Um, Really good team against a really terrible team. Listen, I've all, I've said my piece on, I've said my piece. I don't yeah. want to rehash all ground here.
5: Well, listen, you can rehash away on the World Service if people sign up on secondcaps.com for five euro a month plus VAT. They'll also be hearing every week during the playoffs US Murph, his weekly appearances at this time of year. At the business end of the NFL season, Brian is not having much truck with the idea that the poor form of the defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs, is all down to Taylor Swift's romance with the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey.
3: I think only among sort of the, as you said, was the word loudmouths? Is that what you said? Yeah. Was that the, uh, <laughs> yeah.
5: Sports talk <laughs> loudmouths. People like yourself, Brian, I'm sure that's who's being I blamed say, here. I would, <laughs> say,
3: I would say only among the loudmouth class is that an idea that's gaining
5: steam, <laughs> is what I would say. <laughs> loudmouth I would class. Say, I like that. I'm
3: saying it's incredible that we're living in this world now where, God, the content is everywhere. I mean, we used to just talk about like too many opinions on social media, but now everybody's got a stream, everybody's got a YouTube. So, um, I am of the opinion that Taylor Swift is not a distraction to uh, the Chiefs. That their that their problems run probably all the stuff I just listed to you. Uh, the defending champ mantra, uh, the receivers dropping balls, uh, no Tyreek Hill, uh, Pat Mahomes being a little off form and a little short of temper. I would say those factors, those real world X's and O's factors, are a lot more pertinent. Than Taylor Swift being in the box, but it sure is fun to talk about her, right? I mean, although, I, like I said, I actually think it's funny. Most of, most of sort of American football fans sort of burnt on that story in like October and November. She's not yeah. getting as much attention. She just isn't. I mean, it's. I think even the, uh, I think even that the cameras aren't showing her as much. So um, yeah, is it fun to point the finger and say, oh, it's Taylor Swift? Yeah, is it real? no is my answer
4: yeah i mean the, the chiefs obviously beat the philadelphia eagles in the super bowl uh last year uh is there like the, the eagles and the eagles have been like you the 49ers basically uh burst the eagle balloon so comprehensively live on national television uh at the beginning of last month that they've fallen apart i mean the eagles if you it, like that 49ers eagles uh game at the start of December was looked on as a game between two teams among the three or four likeliest Super Bowl winners. The 49ers won that game 42-19 and the Eagles have been atrocious ever since. They're getting booed off by their own fans. They're low on confidence. They're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football and they're basically waiting to be put out of their misery all of a sudden.
3: It's incredible. I mean, I mean the, Phil- the, the, the town of Philadelphia we've talked about it through the years it inspires a lot of different emotions they are they are kind of you know I'm trying to say this nicely because I have friends in Philadelphia but should I can I even use the word they're kind of America's assholes. You know what I mean? They really are. They are, they
4: are just they Is that love... on the side outside the outside the city? Just as you enter, enter the city limits. Welcome to Welcome, Philadelphia. they probably enjoy I'd say, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
5: knowing what I think I know about them. Yeah.
3: Yeah, they probably do. They're probably saying hell yeah. Say that louder and say it again. Um yeah. so, you know, it, there's a certain Schadenfreude or delight in seeing them skid out here on the ice as they're going into January and as you pointed out a horrible form. The question is why? Like what's happened to the Philadelphia Eagles? Now, I think they were – was it 9-1 or 10-1? I don't have the record right in front of me. But you're talking about when they when they played the 49ers, they only had one loss. And some people were like, wow, who's going to stop the Eagles? Well, the answer was the 49ers and every team that's played them since. So the answer question is why? And and a lot of people are saying, well, look at their record going into that game. Was I don't want to say it was a mirage because they're a very good team and they're a playoff team and they deserve it. But they were winning a lot of games under extraordinary circumstances. Crazy things were going their way. The old phrase, they have a horseshoe up their rear end.
5: The loudmouth class. I did like that. <laughs> Thanks, Murph. Thank you, old. Thanks so much for listening today. Don't forget to have a think about signing up on secondcaptains.com. Uh, the Second Apps Podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network. If you prefer to hear the podcast without any ads, you can do that by becoming a member today.
3: It's the second time it's gone on. They never go home, they never go
4: home, they never go home, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's persuaded
2: of the world outside of that. That's why sports is important.
3: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall.